Penguins are back in the Berg, and we are back for another episode of the GM Show here on the Penguins Radio Network alongside Penguins President of Hockey Operations, Brian Burke. I'm Josh Getzoff. Berkey, always appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me on, Josh. Great to be with you again, and uh, the Penguins are back home, as I mentioned. A six-game road trip. I think it's fair to say a successful six-game road trip. They go 4-2-0. and What were your thoughts uh, watching on? Well, I think that the last game, it's amazing how it changes your perception of a road trip where we got down 3-0 and... Uh, and everyone was nervous, and then we came back and roared back and scored five unanswered goals and one. So it changes the trip from a four and two trip to a three and three trip pretty quick. So <laughs> um, I liked our resilience. I liked our refusal to quit. Uh, and even in the San Jose game, I thought we, we battled back, tied the game, and then just kind of got away from us real quickly. But I thought that uh, I, I think the team continues to play well despite injuries and despite COVID issues. I think it's interesting, too, because Mike Sullivan has said a lot here the last little bit about in this year's NHL and the new new look of the NHL, there's no really uh, there's no lead that's really safe. And you think about the first game of the road trip in Dallas, Penguins blow a 2-0 lead, end up losing that game to the Stars. The last, or I beg your pardon, the second game of the road trip in Dallas, we get them all jumbled together at this point. Uh, the last game, as you mentioned, Vegas going down 3-0 in the first period, kind of speaks to that point by Mike Sullivan. Yeah, and I think that's a trend that uh, right now, since we came out of this little mini break around Christmas, two things leap out. One is the inability of teams to hold leads, which is has really not been that prevalent in our league the last few years. Usually you could secure a league, right. a lead. And that that's number one. And number two is the number of high-scoring games since the Christmas break, the number of 5-4 games and 6-4 games has been crazy, and I expect that to level off as well. But the notion that the uh, no lead is safe and the, the early goalie pulls, which is, a, you know, that's a relatively recent phenomenon with Patrick Waugh starting it a couple of years ago. But now if you're down three and you get a power play, you're pulling the goalie. Even like We had a 10-minute goalie pull this year in Dallas. Right. There's 10 minutes left in the game. It's crazy. So uh, I think it's exciting. I think it's actually really good for interest, tough on the heart, but uh, <laughs> but that part's been good. But, no, they, the two things that stand out to me recently would be the number of high-scoring games and the inability of teams to lock down leads. I found it interesting also, Berkey, because I was looking at the, the success the Penguins have had here recently, and a lot of things have dated back to November 11th after the team had lost a few games in a row and really started to turn it around. And then you kind of take a glance at the calendar. November 11th was two months ago. Penguins have been on a pretty good heater here for the better part of the last two months. Obviously, have climbed their way back into the, the mix in the top three in the Metro. I know they got bumped out last night by Washington, but they're right on the verge of being in those top three with the Caps, Carolina, and the Rangers. What have you made of this stretch of hockey from the Penguins? Well, I think, I mean, they keep coming back to Mike Sullivan. I think the, the notion... If you look at the rosters we've dressed from the start of the year till now, the, the quality of the players that we've had to play without, it's not like they're playing without Brian Burke. They're playing without good players. And so it, it's, I look at the, you know, Brian Russ being out, Sid being out. Uh, I look at the caliber of the guys that have missed time, Malkin being out. And the notion that despite these injuries and despite these COVID issues, we have put together a consistently winning lineup with whomever dresses. And you see guys step up. Rodriguez steps up one night. Carter steps up one night. Uh, McGinn steps up one night. Heinen steps up one night. So that's what's impressed me is the, the next man up. Sully's maintained 
a mentality, a, a state of mind that regardless of who's dressed, we're going to play our game and play well and play hard and win. And that's what impresses me the most is not just the number of players that's missed that have missed time, but the quality of those players. It's been a message and approach that has been received. Penguins have won two in a row as they come back home. Seven of their next eight here in Pittsburgh. And we're back with more after this on the Penguins Radio Network. You're listening to the GM Show. Welcome back to the GM Show here on the Penguins Radio Network. As we mentioned, the Penguins wrapping up their road trip on Monday night with a win in Las Vegas. Also on that night, Berkey, Chris Pronger had his number 44 raised to the rafters in St. Louis. Now, I know his career began in Hartford, courtesy of a certain draft pick by yourself. Uh, what did you make of the retirement and the uh, subsequent beer chug after his number went up there? Well, <laughs> first off, a lot of people associate me with Chris Pronger because of our cup team in 07. He was an integral part of that. Obviously, a, a key star player on a cup team. And I'm happy for him because he went to the finals a couple times and finally got that ring. Um, the, the beer chug, and I wasn't expecting that, but I thought, it's Chris Pronger. That's, and that's St. Louis, too. That's very St. Louis. Um, Chris Pronger was a great player, a great leader. Uh, I really enjoyed having him. Of course, we drafted him in 93. Yep. Very under-the-radar draft, too, because uh, we had the second pick in the draft. Uh, we had the sixth pick in the draft, sorry. We moved up to two and took Chris Pronger, who became a Hall of Famer. And it was an expensive trade. We uh, traded the sixth pick overall, a couple of other picks, and Sergei Makarov who was a San Jose Shark for several years after that, but he was a Hartford Whaler for about a month. He never played a game for us, but huh. we did a lot of work on that deal, and Chris Pronger rewarded us by having a Hall of Fame career, so it was good to see his number go up. You can always kind of find the ways to twist things back here to Pittsburgh, and you mentioned Makarov and Chris Pronger getting his number retired. Well, Makarov is a Russian. Evgeny Malkin is a Russian. One day his number probably will be retired here in Pittsburgh. He certainly will go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. And he came back into the lineup for the Penguins here during this most recent road trip. Uh, obviously, it's been a few games since he's come back, but the night that he returned in the win against Anaheim, he returned with a bang with three points. What would you make of uh, the early returns of Geno in the lineup? Well, it's kind of the storybook stuff, right, where a guy comes back after a lengthy absence and bangs in a couple goals and plays well and – um, that's what he's done his whole career as a Penguin. He's been a great player for for the Penguins, and I'm, I wasn't surprised. But he's got a flair for the dramatic, you know, in terms of, okay, here's your first game back, bang, bang. Yeah. Um, but, no, having him back, obviously, it changes the entire outlook of our team in terms of our weapons and what's available to us and our power play. So it's great to have him back. I'm glad you mentioned changes the outlook of the team because in Vegas on Monday night, we saw for the first time this year Mike Sullivan line up his men down the middle that we all kind of envisioned in the offseason as this team was growing together with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jeff Carter, and Teddy Bluger. Uh, what did you make of that, and how eager are you to see some hopeful, knock on wood, consistency with those four as your centermen? Well, Teddy Bluger's a really important player for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he's a really good kid. And the notion that a guy that versatile that does that many things for you can play in the four hole and kill penalties effectively is really a good thing. If you can put you put carts into the three hole, that's a, that's a very dynamic look. Um, it gives you depth that most teams don't have. You know, when we talk about rating players, we talk about top six forwards, but there's always an asterisk on the three C, the third line center. So we always look at her saying, okay. 
our top six plus our third line center, three C, mm-hmm. and with 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 carts in there, obviously makes a big difference. So I like that look. It gives us depth. It gives us versatility. Uh, it gives us a good road lineup too in terms of when you don't control the matchups, you still got four pretty good bodies you can throw out there in sequence. So I like it a lot. You mentioned Evgeny Malkin returning and the flair for the dramatic. I think it's always been a polarizing thing, Berkey, when when he comes back, at least externally here in Pittsburgh. People say, oh, there's some of the team rhythm that he messes up. And other people say, you're talking about one of the greatest players in the world. What what do you mean rhythm? He's going to put up points and have the Penguins be successful. Where do you stand on all that with him coming back into the lineup? Well, we want him in the lineup. We want him to play as much as Sully wants to play him. Yeah. Uh, yes, there are some rhythmic disruptions when you change your lineup. When you take, especially on your first power play, second power play, yes, there are some disruptions. They're well compensated for by the additions that he adds to the lineup in terms of your firepower. And he's a, he's a great kid, you know. He's an enthusiastic kid. He works hard. So, yeah, we'll, we'll deal with some, some shock waves when you change your lineup. When you put a guy back in, we'll live with that. Speaking of guys getting back in, you talk about some of the players that you guys have missed points this year. Jason Zucker was out the previous seven games prior to Monday's game against Vegas. His hometown, he comes back. Talk about the flair for the dramatic. He scores two goals in that Penguins victory. Um, that obviously is going to be critical for him moving forward to produce for the Penguins. But would you make of that step forward for him getting back into the lineup? Well, he kind of rushed his way back. Like He told us a couple of days ago that he needed a couple more days. Then he said, I want to play. And, you know, the, the coaches control that, obviously, and the sure. medical people. And they say, no, you're not ready, you're ready, you're not ready, you're ready, you're not ready, you're ready. This goes <laughs> on and on. And uh, they said, okay, he's ready to go. What Zuck does, I think people are criti- critical of Jason Zucker in terms of his output and what he's paid. There's some criticism of say he's not producing. What he does is he is such a competitive guy he makes a difference in your lineup even when he's not scoring. So when he can chip in a couple goals like he did, banging away on the first one, getting an obscure tip in on the second one, on a great shot by Kapanen, uh, what he does is he brings your battle level up. He competes, he scratches and fights for loose pucks, and I think he makes your team better even when he's not scoring. So that was a big lift to get him back in. Two goals in that Penguins win against the Vegas Golden Knights on Monday night. And, Berkey, you've had some pretty good teams in your career throughout the National Hockey League. You talked about it earlier, that 2007 Cup team with Anaheim. Where do you think – I mean, now you're starting to see this Penguins team, at least for what it's fulfilled as on the ice. I know still a couple guys out with COVID. We'll hopefully welcome them back soon. Uh, but where do you see this team uh, ranking from a depth perspective? Because it seems pretty darn deep. I, I like this team. I, I like. There's a lot I like about it. I like the components. I think there's enough skill. I think there's enough depth. Um, I like our compete level. I like our special teams. Um, I like our role players. Uh, to me, the biggest single thing, if you go back over the course of this season, in my mind, the biggest single thing is Tristan Jari for me. Uh, the one consistent thing is we've had excellent goaltending right from the get-go. And these other people are grabbing the rope and next man up and all that. But the consistent one thing that's happened, players injured, players on COVID, players getting surgery, the one consistent thing has been we've had quality goaltending right from the start. So that would be number one. Number two, yeah, I like this team. I like the depth. I like the skill. I like the uh, the role players. Like if you look at what Hexy's done here, adding a Danton Heinen, he's been a real valuable addition, a Brock McGinn. These are guys that were surgical additions and have been 
critical parts of our team so far. So, so far, so good. Let's not start uh, taking too many bows just yet. Penguins winners of two straight back home to face the Ottawa Senators on Thursday. And our chat with Brian Burke continues after this here on the GM Show. It's the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. This is the GM Show here on the Penguins Radio Network. We're joined by Penguins President of Hockey Operations, Brian Burke. And Berkey, uh, as a result of that 13-day, six-game road trip, I think the taxi squad became more of a thing for the Penguins than it would be, say, in the next stretch here coming up where you're at home for seven in the next eight. Uh, you need to have the bodies just in case, and you had them just in case when a couple guys went down there. Uh, got to see Redeem Zahorna, Casper Bjorkquist, Anthony Angelo, Louis Deming all saw action on the trip. What do you make of just the, the splicing in of these guys and what you've seen from them and stepping up into the lineup? Well, I think th- I think they've all stepped up. Uh, again, this is the next man up. But I think uh, Redeem Zahorna played a couple good games for us. Bjorkquist has worked his tail off. Like, he's... He's a limited player offensively, but he works his butt off. It was nice to see him score. Yeah. Um, but this guy's tireless, and we got a, a real quality start out of Domingue. He was, you know, that was a big win. So to me, th- this is a critical as your team, as your season goes along, as your team wa- walks through it, especially with COVID, where you've got to plug guys in. It's important that they not just occupy a place in your lineup. They don't just occupy a sweater or a uniform. But actually contribute, and all three of those guys made contributions during this time, and that's the sign of a good team, and that's a sign of a good coach. Penguins made a couple roster moves yesterday in sending Bjorkquist and Angelo back down to Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. Uh, Redeem Zahorna stays on the taxi squad. Intriguing player. Mike Sullivan was talking about him last week on the Highmark Coaches Show. That there's a lot to like. He has kind of a deceiving amount of speed to his game. Obviously, has the long reach at six seven, but quite a bit of skill too that's been on display. Yeah, he's got a high skill level, and he, he reminds me, if you watch him skate, he's like a great blue heron. <laughs> you know, a great blue heron only takes one step every couple a couple minutes, yeah. but uh, he moves about six feet, right? And so I think the in, in Z's case, big Z's case, I think he's a guy that has deceptive speed. He's quicker than he looks. He's faster than he looks, and he can make plays. He's got good hands for a big man, so that all bodes well for us. He stepped up and gave us a couple of good games, and now he'll wait, he'll wait his turn. You obviously need the depth in your forward group. And I remember when Jim Rutherford was here, him saying that in order to win a Stanley Cup, you need eight or nine defensemen. In this world of the NHL and COVID, you probably need more than two goaltenders. And Louis Domingue, as you mentioned, stepped up in a big way uh, in San Jose on Saturday night. 40 saves in his Penguins debut to get that victory. When you look at that situation, Having a third goaltender in Louis' case who has 150-plus games of NHL experience, who's been in the league on and off for eight seasons, it seems to lend itself to a more beneficial situation than some of these other teams in the league that are calling up their third goalie who are sometimes making their NHL debut or maybe haven't seen the, the pro level in three or four years. Well, with Louis Domingue, this is a guy who's been an established number one goaltender in the NHL. Like you said, he's played 150 games. He's a good athlete. He's a good kid. Um, again, I think this goes back to a surgical strike in terms of, okay, we've got a couple young goaltenders we want to play. We're going to make sure that Deming is available if we need him to come back up and back up or even start. He gave us a quality start. We expect he may get another one here coming up. We don't know. But uh, he'll probably, before the end of the year, get another one or two or three or four. And that's why we signed him, and that's the sequence of goaltenders. That's why Louis Domingue has not been the starting goaltender in Wilkes-Barre. He's been the backup mostly. 
because he's available to be a guy that can play for us up top while the young players develop. So uh, he did a really good job in that game, and I expect we'll see him again before too long. Yeah, Penguins obviously playing a back-to-back starting tomorrow against Ottawa, then Friday night in Columbus. Uh, as it pertains to Louie, I'm not asking for any kind of re- revelation here, but does this make things a little bit more interesting with what's happening behind Tristan Jari when he gives you that kind of a start? I know it's only one, but it was an impressive one. Well, I think Casey's been really good all year, too. I don't think this is a case of, uh, okay, he had a great game, so let's play him again. My guess is, and I don't think this has been decided as we as we tape this show, my guess is with a back-to-back coming and Casey missing over a week with COVID, sure. he may not be ready to start. So Domingue may get another start, but it's not a reflection or a commentary on, on Casey's play. It's more a case of, is he ready to start? So... Uh, Louis Domingue may get another start. We'll see. But that's not a commentary on Casey. Casey's been good all year. He had one maybe rough rough game where he'd like some goals back maybe. But overall, he's been excellent as well. You mentioned uh, Casey DeSmith, Louis Domingue. The man at the top of the goaltending heap for the Penguins is Tristan Jari. Picked up his 19th win of the season in the win over Vegas on uh, Monday night. He's headed to the All-Star game, going back to Vegas in the beginning of February. And he'll be joined by Jake Gensel one of the last men in for the Metro division. Uh, Gensel gets a goal in that win against Vegas. Now 20 straight, or excuse me, five straight 20-goal seasons for Jake. Those two guys are a bit of the present and also the future for the Penguins with how they've been performing. What do you make of their all-star selections? Well, I think Tristan deserves it uh, first. I mean, you know, being a goaltender in the all-star game isn't necessarily the best assignment. Yeah. It's, like, it's like someone asking you to play in a, a game of lawn darts, right? So... Um, I'm not sure how happy I am, but I'm sure happy that he got the acclaim and the notice that he's played well enough to be named to that team. Uh, with Jake, uh, kind of last-minute uh, naming, but uh, we're thrilled. I mean, Jake is such a good goal scorer, such a quality person, um, and I don't care if it was late. People say, oh, it took a while. It was the last man in, whatever. I don't care how they get there. Right. He's there. Yeah. And you know what's going to say after the All-Star game? It's going to say Jake Gensel, All-Star. Right. So to me, uh, I think it's great for the Penguins. I think it's great for both those players, and uh, I hope they enjoy it. Maybe uh, I hope Jake enjoys it more than uh, than Tristan's going to probably. <laughs> yeah, Jake, of course, was named to the All-Star team a couple years back but ended up breaking his shoulder and uh, was not able to play in that All-Star game. So certainly he's probably looking forward to getting a crack at it there in Vegas, as will Tristan Jari. Those two headed to the All-Star game in the first week of Vegas, which is only a couple weeks away. But the Penguins back home tomorrow to face the Ottawa Senators. We will discuss that and more when we come back here on the GM Show. Welcome back. Berkey, as the Penguins get ready for the Ottawa Senators tomorrow night, begins a stretch of 7 of 8 here on home ice. I know it's kind of tongue-in-cheek to say that because they'll go right back on the road on Friday to play Columbus. But really, the better part of January here into the first week of February, you're pretty much in Pittsburgh. You're playing some really good hockey right now as far as results are concerned. But do you zero in on this stretch even more so because of the home ice opportunity? Yeah, they, they, people, first off, we want our fans to get to see us play some more games here. You know, we've been on the road for a while, and um, people are excited about the team, and that's the best part is we think we'll see some big crowds here too, and that's important to us. Um, we're happy for our fans to get to see our team play. Obviously, the biggest advantage of home ice is you get to control your line matchups, and that obviously with our coach – is a great advantage with with Mike Sullivan. So we're excited about it. 
uh, it's a good chance to make some hay here, and we're looking forward to it. I know you weren't in the organization, but obviously you know the history between the Penguins and Matt Murray and what he's been able to do here. No word yet on if he'll start for Ottawa, and it's been a bit of a carousel of a season for him going down to the American Hockey League and then back up to the Senators. But you have to imagine there'll be some kind of a tribute tomorrow night for him upon his return. What do you make of that dynamic with a player coming back to his old team that was a part of two Stanley Cup championships? Well, I'm not uh, – I, for one, am a big believer in tradition and history. Yeah. And I think that it's important that players that have a major role in an organization like the Pittsburgh Penguins are acknowledged for it. Mm -hmm. So I have no problem with that. I think there will be a nice tribute, and I hope he, that Matt Murray gets a great reception from the crowd. I'm sure he will. He deserves that. Uh, I've always done that wherever I've played. I've brought guys back and done nice tributes to them, and that's an important part of acknowledging someone's contribution to a team even if they've moved on. Yeah, it's crazy because the Penguins obviously made that deal a couple years ago and didn't face him last year with the realigned divisions. They missed him in the first meeting this year because he was in COVID protocol. But that meeting, even though the Sens had half their team in COVID protocol, went Ottawa's way. They beat the Penguins 6-3. to three. Uh, Obviously, a lot has changed between now and then. In fact, when you look at that game, it was kind of the, the last couple seesaw-type games for the Penguins before they got things in order in the middle of November. Do you remember anything about that, and do you think the team will going into tomorrow night? Yeah, I think Pierre Dorian is the GM in Ottawa, and I think he's done a really good job of plugging in some really exciting young players. That's a team that's really transformed their roster, become younger, they're exciting, they're physical. Uh, they're a very difficult team to play against. So you've got to stick with your plan. You've got to make sure that you shut down their key people. Uh, but it's a team that's a very dangerous team in my mind and a fun team to watch. So we'll have our hands full here. And uh, But I, I, you're right, I, I did not like, I don't think we were, we were too loose in that game. And that's not how we win. So we got to do a better job of that. Well, you do mention memories. Ottawa Senators, you won that cup against them with the Anaheim Ducks. Do you ever think about that when you face them every time? Or, or is it way back in the past now? Well, it's been a long time. Like yeah. I used to talk about winning the cup in 07, and now it's, you know, what, 15 years now? <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I, it's like uh, I used to talk about drafting the Sedin twins, but they've retired for God's <laughs> sake. So no, um, no, it, it, I don't think much about that. I think on, I look at Ottawa as an opponent that's probably done more to improve their hockey team and plug in young pieces than any other team in the league. They're going to be a handful, and we got to be ready. Should be a good test. Berkey, we always appreciate your time. Good luck against the Sens, and we'll talk again down the line. Thank you, Josh. My pleasure. All right, that is Penguins president of Hockey Operations, Brian Burke. And a reminder, the Penguins back on home ice tomorrow night, 6 o'clock on our pregame show, 7 o'clock puck drop for the Pens and the Sens. You can hear it on 105.9 The X in Pittsburgh and the Penguins radio network. For Brian Burke and our producer, Wayne Gretzky-Anderson, I'm Josh Getzoff. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This has been the GM Show. Good night.